Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host and founder, uh, and I am thrilled that you are here to join us. Um, I got on this journey with dementia myself through my mom's uh, path um, of living with the disease for 30 years, and she's now been gone a little over a year. Um, but the effects of living with this disease have been significant, and so. It got me to <clears throat> to change careers and uh, and start Alzheimer's Speaks. So I'm just thrilled that you're with us today. Our goal here at Alzheimer's Speaks is to, you know, really join forces and share knowledge and um, have everyday conversations about life with dementia, so that we can remove the stigmas attached to cognitive impairment and help those live with the disease, continue to live with purpose, and have fulfilled lives. Together, um, we believe everyone can understand the true needs of this disease and and really have a big impact on helping those dealing with the disease uh, live better and help remove the isolation that is, is just strong and fierce with this disease. Our company itself is an advocacy-based company, and so we provide all types of different platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. So we have Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. We have a blog if you like to um, read. We have a webinar series called Dementia Chats where you can participate and actually interact um, with our experts who are living with the disease. Sometimes people can't ask their loved ones or maybe a client um, what's going on or how best to deal with a certain situation. And our professionals are very open. Uh, we really don't have too much in, as far as boundaries. Uh, we kind of go where our community uh, needs to go and having an open conversation. So feel free to, to join us on Dementia Chats. Um, the radio show is every Tuesday morning, and the Dementia Chats are on Tuesdays on the second and fourth Tuesday of each month in the afternoon. And you can find more information at alzheimerspeaks.com. Um, regarding that. Um, at our core here, we really believe that collaboration is the only way that we're going to win this battle. And we know that we are um, having an impact out there because of each of you. All of your likes, your clicks, your shares um, have had a huge impact. And so I have to thank you for allowing us to be named the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And I just ask for your continued support. Um, <clears throat> and what that does is it, it makes it more comfortable for people to reach out when they're in need, when they see more information, when they hear more people talking about it. It just lifts that stigma and says, I'm not alone. And so um, if you wouldn't mind, if you're sitting in front of your computer, you know, go ahead and like this show. Share it on your Facebook page. Um, share it with your LinkedIn colleagues or your Google search. If you've got a Twitter account, um, go ahead and push it out. It, it really does. Those little few seconds that you take really do matter. So, again, thank you so much, and it will help um, – Help us raise awareness and just partner together. I also invite you, if you have your own personal story about dementia that you think could help someone else, maybe you have a, a business uh, that's doing something unique, maybe you're a researcher or have written a book or a song or are um, you know, producing a film um, or have some type of advocacy program out there, reach out to me because we, we always like to hear what others are doing. It's uh, it's critical, um, again, in terms of giving voice and it's wonderful when we can share because it inspires each of us to, to get creative and um, and maybe do something we wouldn't prior. 
Before I introduce our, our wonderful guest today, uh, Kathy Brogy, I always like to give a shout out uh, to some organizations that I think are really critical and not everybody always knows about them. The first is Alzheimer's Disease International. They are the uh, association of all the Alzheimer's associations around the world. So if you go to ADI or Alzheimer's Disease International, you will find not only um, what location is closest to you, but you're going to get some great global knowledge as well <clears throat> at that site. Um, the Purple Angel uh, Project, you can get to from uh, alzheimerspeaks.com. Just go to our About page. That is uh, the new global symbol to raise awareness um, for dementia, and it's free. And it takes very little time to use, but it has a huge impact. It's in over 17 countries. Uh, this grassroots effort is growing extremely fast. There is the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation. If you're looking for more holistic information regarding dementia, um, maybe you want to find out about uh, diets and exercise and meditation, that is the place to go. And they have some free educational uh, seminars and teleseminars that they put on. Uh, others are dealing with specific types of dementia like Lewy body or frontal temporal lobe and each of them has their own national organization and I would recommend that you check those associations out as well because specific symptoms are critical when you're dealing with this disease. Um, others are dealing with uh, speech problems and that's called aphasia. A-P-H-A-S-I-A, -A -A. that's A-P-H-A-S-I-A, -A. and again, they have their own association, so it might be the word salad or word fine, um, they, they'll have information for you there. Uh, there is also a new organization in the States called the Dementia Action Alliance great group and you can uh you know go and just google them and you'll find them dementia action alliance or daanow.org um they're doing some really cool things in fact um I'm on one of the the working groups and we have pulled together a survey um for both the caregiver and the person with dementia to take there are two different surveys and if you want to you can just go again to alzheimerspeaks.com right on our home page and just scroll down just to here and it says take a survey um, and it'll take you directly to those links but we would love you um, to go and participate in that because we're trying to gather knowledge uh, so that we can uh, provide correct resources uh, for what people truly need out there. If you're in Minnesota, uh, uh, HealthStar Home Health is just a fantastic agency here. They have trained their um, <clears throat> their uh, employees as Alzheimer's whispers, so they're very dementia-friendly, and they pass that knowledge on to the families they work with, which I think is really cool. If you're looking for uh, some activities, um, there's always Alzheimer's Music Connect, which just does a fabulous job providing a, a plethora of uh, different types of music for people to listen to and enjoy. And it has a patent-pending um, technology behind it that actually engages people up to three hours longer after listening to the music. There is a puzzle with me and then also um, a new puzzle called Pieces of the Past um, where you can actually do, this is like portrait puzzles, so you can send in your own personal pictures and get uh, get a puzzle made. Uh, there's Jiminy Wicket, which is an adaptive croquet game, which is just a, a ton of fun as well. And so those are just a, just a few things. Last I want to mention is the um, Alzheimer's team. You know, you can go and, and get involved with a clinical trial. Again, you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com. Uh, right on our front page, there's two different ways. One is a link uh, to get to the site. The other is an embedded survey. You can find out if you qualify. It's just to the right-hand side 
um, on the home page. But, you know, it, it really can help advance our research. And you can enroll a loved one um, in a clinical trial today. It just takes um, seconds to do. And, again, no cost in terms of participating in that. So um, it's, a, it's just a great a great thing to be able to do. Everybody wants a cure, but... Researchers need, you know, they need more data. And uh, that is a way that, that people can help with that. Um, let me go ahead and introduce our guest today. I'm really excited to have Kathy Brogy with us. She was born and raised in New York, and she moved to Knoxville, Tennessee in about 89. And she's always kind of been drawn to healthcare. She found an opportunity to become a CNA, and she says she found her calling there. She was especially drawn to memory care, um, as so many of us are. Um, and over the years, she attended trainings like Tipa Snow, who is one of the gurus in dementia. And she's learned a lot more about, you know, people with cognitive impairment. Um, it's changed her, she says, as a caregiver and as a person, as a whole. And I would have to ditto that. I think once you uh, jump into this realm, there's just no going back. And, and the positive impacts are, are so powerful. She has um, <clears throat> learned everything, um, you know, when she when she kind of first started in this field. She, she learned that what she was doing really wasn't right, and um, she actually says it was wrong. You know, there were restraints and posies and drugs, and and times are really changing, but but um, change comes slower than what we'd like, and there's always ways to make life better for people living with dementia. Kathy has also been working with Courtyard Senior Living for almost 10 years, and um, at Courtyards, they embrace the Eden Alternative, so their homes are small, and they really cater well to the elderly, and, and their staff all know their their residents there. Um, they know their stories and their life histories, which is really a, an amazing, amazing thing to be part of. And after all these years in healthcare, she's finally found a way to do what she loves in a comfortable environment um, for people with dementia. And so today we're going to be talking about the the Purple Cities Initiative, uh, which is a really very neat concept. And um, so welcome, Kathy. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Before um, I kind of start along our question line, I always like to pose the question to people because uh, it's interesting for our audience to know, you know, was have you been touched by dementia in your own family or circle of friends? Yes, I, I have a stepmother who had dementia, and it was my first personal experience with it. But um, I've known a lot of people. In fact, someone really dear to me who is um, a member of our extended family has spent years as a dementia advocate working with Alzheimer's Tennessee, going to the legislation on the Hill, and is now in a memory care in the advanced stages. And her story really touches me. It's 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 what I tell people. It's where it's us. It's mm -hmm. ten years ago she was there fighting the fight with us, and now she's living with the illness. And that is it's devastating to see people who are so vital and so informed, and they still succumb to dementia. Yeah, yeah. It it really doesn't know any boundaries at all. It's just. <laughs> It 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 goes after whoever it darn well chooses, and uh, you know I think that's one of the myths. People think, well, you know, and and we all do that with with all disease or disasters. It mm -hmm. it won't ha it won't happen to me or somebody I love, but it does. You know, every day it does. In fact, in fact, every four seconds, somebody around the world is diagnosed with dementia. So it's and, and that number just shocks people when they hear it. Um, people just really don't understand the prevalence because this is such a hidden disease. It's so masked because people yes. can look well um, and have minor changes in the beginning, and then it just kind of builds and builds. And um, it, it's very, very interesting to see how society, you know, deals with this or or doesn't. Um, why don't you talk to us about the the Purple Cities Alliance and? You know, what was the insp inspiration behind this? The inspiration came from Norman McNamara in England. Um, he was diagnosed, as you know, with 
with, at first, Alzheimer's. It was later changed to Lewy body, but dementia is dementia. And he began realizing that people didn't understand what he was going through, so he started to try to make his hometown dementia-friendly and, and get as many people to understand what people with dementia were dealing with. And from that sprung a worldwide effort, and my participation came about because I so admired him, and I thought, if he can do this and do it to the magnitude that he did, surely we can do something. And so I broached it. I, I put it on Facebook as kind of like a petition to people, like, let's let's do this here in Knoxville. And um, eventually one woman, Carolyn Neal, called me, and she said, let's get together and figure out how to get this done. And from there it steamrolled. Okay. And how long ago was that, Kathy? It's actually just been um, – it'll be two years in March, so it's really been about a year and a half. This last year, or this, I, I should say, just a month ago, wasn't there? No, no. Well, we had our launch in May. Our, our uh-huh. actual launch was in May. So it took us just a little over a year to get to the point where we could actually declare Knoxville dementia-friendly due to commitments. We have both the city and the county government is working with their employees to learn about dementia. We have a resolution that's been passed by our city council Um our May 11th every year in Knoxville will be Purple Cities Day. We have begun cool. to reach out to other communities. Um, we actually have some interest from our um, Tri-Cities area up in Johnson City, and they want to find out how to get this done, so we'll be going up there to get them started. So it's it's spreading. Wonderful, wonderful. Can you tell us exactly what what does it mean? I mean, what 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 does being a, a purple um, a purple city mean? Purple city is a, a place where people who have dementia and many many people who may have it and don't even know they have it yet can find other people who understand and know how to help. Um, we're not looking to do a massive education on dementia to a lot of people. We're just looking for a little bit of information to the general public um, instead of the situations where we had one recently where a lady was in the parking lot at our local grocery store and she had literally couldn't remember how to get out of her car. And there were a dozen people standing around the car yelling into the car to tell her how to do it. And, of course, that just made the agitation worse and a person with dementia just becomes more confused. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were told about that, we realized that if one person in that group of people knew how to respond to somebody with dementia, that lady's experience would have been a lot less traumatic. So our goal is to get enough people in our community to understand how to approach somebody who's having a moment or having a problem and make everyday life a lot simpler for people who have dementia. Okay. Um, and and um, can you tell us what does a city have to do, you know, in order to be able to declare themselves a purple city? We haven't got... Um, we haven't got a lockdown on a, on an actual agenda. Basically, if you can get your local governments to be involved and you can get a lot of your community businesses, we are reaching out to all our organizations, all of our retailers, and we are working toward getting people in those facilities and those places trained to continue the training with new employees. So basically, I think once... Once a city has got a large commitment to it, it's a purple city because it's an ongoing effort. It's never going to be 100%. We're always going to be working on it. We're always going to be training people and teaching people and talking about it. But I think the most important thing any of us can do is to get the conversation started. Mm -hmm. So with this, are you using Norm's poster um, in terms of education, or are you doing something different? We took or? some of our, yeah, we took some of our information from Norm's poster. We came up with our own education, which is on our website, which is at purplecities.org, and um, we brought it down to a one-page handout or 
um, a PowerPoint which can be presented, and it's really simply just the basics of what you should do, what you shouldn't do when you come across somebody who's having dementia issues. And and okay. just that training can be, we can go into um, into someone's business and do the training for them, and we can make it as long or as short as they like. We're we're constantly tailoring this to the people's need because we don't want we don't want a business to say, well, we can't give you twenty, we can't give you an hour to do this, or we need our employees to be working. So fine, we can do it in ten minutes, we can do it in an hour, whatever works. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so for the the um, PowerPoint, is that something that people can download then? And yes. It's on and our website. Just, okay, so that's something that's free for them to be able to yes. to utilize? Okay, great. Our one-page handout is also available. Okay, well, that's fantastic. That's um, I hadn't seen that there before, so I'm just I'm hopping on it right now, and it looks <laughs> great. So that's, that is wonderful, and it's, it's short and sweet and to the point. And, um, mm-hmm. I, again, I think that's one of the, the neat things. It's, you know, it really is about the simplicity. And um, so many try to make it so complicated and be the answer for everything. And, and none of us can do that. And, you know, I mean, we'll just never, <clears throat> in my opinion, we'll never accomplish that because it's just a moving target. And um, Absolutely. Things, are, things are changing all the time. So I think it's just really important for us to, to just have that knowledge and, you know, first get comfortable with the conversation as a whole. Right. We have a resource page. We have a resource page on our website that points people in the direction of the experts. We don't want to be the experts. We have Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's Tennessee. We have the Alzheimer's Association, the Pat Summit Foundation, and, and many more. And these organizations are already set up to do further education and to give you the the information that goes beyond just the basics. We just mm-hmm. want to be the introductory. We want to be, this is just a little bit, this is just enough to get you through a difficult situation. Um, I didn't mention that we also give out window decals with our logo on it to any company or organization that does become a Purple Cities participant and um that logo was specifically designed so that other cities can adapt it and just change where we have Knoxville Tennessee you can put your own city and state and that is also free there is no charge to anything and we collect no money every one of our task force members is giving up their own time to do this and the trainers are going out on their own time to do it we are not a paid organization in any way okay Wonderful. Well, that's fantastic. Well, Alzheimer's Speaks would love to be one of your resources if you feel that that would be a, a good match. We've got a variety of, of different things. I know that we're not local, but um, you know we're able to connect people all over the place. So, um, yeah, we would we would love to be we would love to be added on we that. We will have you now, on there by tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, this is just it's so exciting now for um to be able to get like a window cling, what do they email you directly on that then or um yes. And and once we've we've ascertained that they've done the training, we will mm-hmm. give them we will send them the, the decal. So it it's not it, none of it is really complicated. Nothing is really set in stone. It's flexible. The main objective is to get as many people aware as we possibly can. Um, one of my favorite goals, and we haven't really delved into it too much yet, is to start working with the younger people, people who mm-hmm. are going to be our caregivers in 20 years. And and these kids really need to understand what they're seeing and understand that it's not just that elders shouldn't be the butt of jokes, that there are there needs to be compassion and so yeah. we're going to be working on that as well. You know, one of the, um, I haven't done this for years, but one of the most fun things I did was go into junior high and high schools, and I would have them um, describe, just to kind of get over that hurdle, um, I would have them describe an elderly person. And it was, I mean, they were hilarious. I mean, and I would, what do they look like? What do they do? What do they smell like? Um, you know, what time of day do they do their most activities? I mean, just everything. And um, they came up, you know, with pretty distinct um, stereotypes. And then I, mm-hmm. then I would tell them, 
now I want you I want you to think um like them. What do they think of you as a teenager? And describe you. And they were shocked because they knew exactly um in their mind what they thought older people thought of them. You know, they drove too fast, they swore, they talked too loud, they, you know, blah 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 and they, you know, um they didn't like the way they dressed, they didn't like the music and and it was just really interesting and you know, we had this conversation about now, is that true? And they were like, well, no. And then we went back to their lists. Well, how much of this do you think is actually true? And and they just, they were mm. shocked. And they just really, and it was, it's just such a simple exercise to do, but so, so powerful. And, um, and, and it was a lot of fun, you know. I love that. I love that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feel free. Feel free to use it because it's just, again, it's just getting them to to think about all their senses and how we, how how do we communicate and how do we express ourselves, you know. And I mean, you know, sometimes somebody can walk into a room and you can have your eyes shut, but you can smell their perfume or their cologne and you know it's them. You know, or, you know, people will say uh, that they walk into somebody's house and they just know yeah, that's grandma's house, you know, or, you know, whatever it might be. So it's really getting them to use all their senses and and, and figure out how how are they, um, you know, stereotyping, how are they categorizing people? Because that's what we do. And we don't even know that we're doing it. And we can't change it if we're not aware of it. Kind of like dementia, you know, as a whole, we can't change our behavior um, in terms of dealing with it if we don't even know we're doing it, you know, and and if we don't understand the impact and the power that we actually have in terms of of caring for people. It's just just a real incredible, uh, fun, fun thing to do. So, um, yeah, the the other thing that I had done that might be helpful too, I, I know I'm getting off a hair, but I've done um, some sensory games with the kids, and that can be good just for for you know people as we age. You know, I mean, I know now, I, you know, I'll be struggling trying to just get a jar open. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you know, I, everyone used to hand me the pickle jar to open. You know, I could just crack uh-huh. that thing, and I just don't have the strength anymore. And so doing the sensory games with using ski gloves and um, having them write with pens and and, um, fat markers and trying to write their name with ski gloves on or pick up money, um, you know, putting popcorn in the shoes and, you know, the the glasses, all those different things, trying to get them, um, you know, to read with with, uh, wrong lenses on and stuff and then just having those discussions or the, the marshmallow game where somebody has to talk with their mouth full of mar- marshmallows um, to kind of go over, like if there's a, um, uh, if someone's maybe had a stroke or, or, you know, with dementia, maybe they've got some word salad going on and they can't express themselves. And then we talk about what, you know, were they really trying to communicate with us? Could we really understand them? Um, and then we ask the person who's trying to communicate, what what changes did they feel in their body? You know, and they're usually like, well, my heart was beating a little faster. I got sweaty. I was really uncomfortable because I knew that they were kind of giggling at me. And we talk about the impact. And, um, again, just really simple, fun games that get people to understand how bodies and needs change and that, you know, hey, they could they could break an arm or a leg tomorrow and their life could change and they're going to need assistance mm-hmm. or be in a car accident or, you know, um, I mean, there's all different types of things that are happening. You know, it could be an accident on the on the football, or you know, or the or the hockey arena, or something too, mm-hmm. um, where all of a sudden things have changed, and so they're not as, um, you know, they just think that, they, that this is never going to happen to them, but it can happen to anybody. But we just have to be more cautious of why and how to do things, and maybe pulling things down from higher shelves for elderly might might be something that they could help with, you know, so that they're not standing on a stool and maybe don't lose balance and, you know, to keep people safe. And, and again, those are all types of things that we can work in with dementia as well in terms of what's comfortable, what's sensible, um, and, and what keeps everybody happy and calm and, and safe. So, um, but kids, you'll have a riot working with the kids because they, they really yeah. want to help. Um, is what I found, and um, 
but they also, one of the hurdles, and, and I don't know if you'll find this or not, but one of the hurdles that I kept hearing was, well, we don't really know what's going on. No one tells us because mm-hmm. parents are always trying to protect the kids. Yet the kids are significantly impacted because the family dynamics have changed in terms of where mom and dad yeah. can spend their time if it's, you know, um, or maybe it is a parent who's got dementia. And um, uh, some have even wanted to start support groups in schools because uh, they don't. They need to be able to talk about this. And there's all kinds of support groups within schools, but you really don't hear much about caregiving. Yet um, when you when you go into the schools, you'll be shocked. You'll be shocked to hear their yeah. stories on, on how many are caring uh, for somebody. So um, it'll be a, it'll be a great opportunity, and they just get so excited. Um, you know, they're marching out the door and, um, you know, they'll be a great awareness tool because they'll, they'll go home and share it with family and friends and, and stuff. So, yeah, they, <laughs> that'll be, that'll be really cool when you, when you, um, when you go down that, that road. Um, so feel free to reach out to me. I have all kinds of ideas on, on that stuff. Um, that'll be really, I will. really well, I think uh, that we we owe it to the next generation to to treat them as if they're adults, even though they're young adults. They still need to know what's going on, and I think a lot of kids are dealing with people at home who have issues, and they're not being brought into it. And we want to be able to make it better for everybody. I think the thing is, there's such a stigma still. And that's the thing we need to work the hardest on. And and I think Purple Cities and the Purple Angel Project and Gary LeBlanc in Florida with the Purple Angel wristband and and Norm in England and people all over the world now are working really hard to make people aware of the fact that it's not it's not a it's not a terrible thing. If you've got if you've got somebody with it, come get help. Come talk to us. You're not alone. There's a lot of people walking the same path, and everybody's. Tra- tour is going to be a little different. Everybody's journey is going to be a little different, but the basics are all the same. We're all in mm-hmm. it together, and it's increasing every day. And how many people are out in the world right now who have the onset and don't even know it yet, haven't even become aware of it yet, and people need to know what to look for? Mm-hmm. They surely do. They surely do. Um yeah, this is just such a huge movement. I mean, uh, I, I believe I mentioned this before, but, you know, with the Purple Angel, I mean, you know, it just started out of Norm saying to his wife, hey, will you come and talk to some shop owners with me, you know? And then he and Jane mm-hmm. kind of got together and off it went. Now it's in 17 different countries. Um, you know, this is kind of a non-stoppable thing. And, and you know, I've... I've seen some pushback, you know, by by some organizations with this, but it's not going away, uh, and there's no. no way that they can stop it. Uh, the grassroots effort is extremely powerful, and um, you know, instead of people trying to figure out how to do something different, we just need to align together. Instead of recreating exactly. the wheel, we we waste so much time trying to recreate, you know, the wheel. And if you're listening and you're not a you're not a city, but you're an individual who wants to get involved. You can easily just you know use the purple angel. You know, go to Alzheimer Speaks to the about page, mm-hmm. and we'll get you that information. But you may want to you know start talking to people in your area and get this Purple Cities initiative um, going. You know, the logo is just so beautiful. You really did a nice nice job. You know, with you. with the logo. And uh, and pulling that together and your and your website, I just I love the picture of the bridge. I mean, it's just very gracious and um, welcoming, and and it just it just says to me hope, you know, uh, which is really very very neat as well on that. So, um, have you heard from other cities outside of of Tennessee at all? We have gotten some interest. I've had a couple of people contact us and and ask how we got started, and we're about to start giving people some instructions. Um, We haven't gotten – we have a magazine article coming out in Parade Magazine on June 21st. Um, It's an article about the grassroots efforts for dementia awareness in the country, and we're going to be featured in that, and I'm hoping that once that hits, we'll start to get a lot more interest 
a lot of people don't know a whole lot about us. You're our first major major um, outlet to talk about well, Purple City. So we've we've kind of been just off here in Knoxville, and and now we're starting to get some attention outside of Knoxville. Oh, cool! I didn't hear, I hadn't heard when that article was coming out because I know that there's a bunch of us being featured on that. that yeah. Uh, so that'll be really cool. I was um, told it's June 21st. Okay. Well, that that'll be exciting. We'll have to do a big splash on that because um yeah. You know, there hasn't been a lot of like you said a lot of attention and um you know, here in Minnesota they have the they act on Alzheimer's program and in Wisconsin mm-hmm. there's some uh dementia capable communities and and things, but um, what is really interesting is the the fierceness of the grassroots mentality, even in even in structured um, environments. Um, people are going. We got to move faster. We need to. We need to do more. We need to do better. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's it's, just, it's kind of funny to watch, um, and it's very exciting. Um, to see in Roseville. In fact, I'm going to approach them about um, they were going to become a, a, a Purple Angel, um, you know, um, I, I should say it's city for Purple Angel, but, you know, we should get them part of this Purple Cities Alliance um, just to pull it together. And um be great. Of, yeah, because they've, they've committed to doing some education, and we've done um, quite a bit in the community um, as far as education through the through the Act on Alzheimer's and through our Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and Dementia Community Action Alliance, I think is the whole title of the of the grassroots phase, which is way too long. Um, but again, it's really I think sharing information between communities and supporting one another and and helping lift one another up is just such a wonderful wonderful route to be able to go. And, um, you know, you're just hearing so much more chatter about this. So it'll be interesting after the June 21st um, People Magazine article uh, what mm-hmm. uh, what ha- what happens um, for your Purple Purple Cities Alliance. I, w- I would think you'll get a lot of calls on that. Yeah, we had, when we set up Purple Cities Alliance, our, our goal was to just have it out there and, we're not in charge of anything. It, it's all mm-hmm. there for anybody to use, to take on as themselves, to join the alliance if they choose. But it's it's not it's not a, a cost prohibitive thing. There's no money involved. It's like this is just to say we're working on this. Our city is is determined to be a better place for people with dementia, mm-hmm. or our community is working to be a better place. And it's up to the people who live there. It's not. It's not a government-run thing. It's not things where you have to apply for grants or meet certain criteria. It's whatever you feel like you can do to help your community become a better place to live if you have dementia. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is, you know, I mean, it's it's so simple, but it's so critical, um, you know, to see the the shift of 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 how it helps people. I know in Roseville we've done some, you know, educational, formal educational programs, and um, it's been amazing the numbers of people that have come out and then the numbers of people that have come to the memory cafes from that and the uh, the other various support groups. You know, people are really tapping in and, and just um, they're so excited because they didn't know um all the resources that existed prior, um, and they're developing friendships um, with people going through, you know, similar journeys, and you can just you, you can just um, see it on their face and hear it in their voice. This this calmness and this appreciation um, for for what what changes are taking place. So it's it really is critical for cities to look at this. I don't know if you if you've seen, um, and I use Roseville as an example, but um, your community might want to look at this too. They actually, the city of Roseville actually dedicated a page on their website um, to dementia and Alzheimer's, and um, so that they could pull people in who you know are out there researching their site uh, for for more information. So that might be something. Uh, and, and it was really simple. We were told over and over it couldn't be done. And we had um, one woman, uh, Sarah Barcel, who 
you know, was very adamant, you know, that this could be done, as well as a few a few others of us. And then the city said, hey, we'll give you, you know, your one contact person, and once a month you can make updates. And so, you know, we were doing, um, because of the ACT program, we were doing some educational programs, and so those were added um, on a monthly basis. Those change out. But even without that, there's just stagnant information that could be posted, um, on mm-hmm. that site, and they were just really, really gracious about that. So, um, you know, if anybody is is interested in in taking a look at that, I'll have to look up the the link here. But um, just something very simple to do, and um, they've just gotten um, you know n- national attention for doing that. We think they're really the first city um, to to take the time, and it's under they have it under resident resources. If you go to um, www.ci for uh, that city, I would imagine, dot Roseville, one word, dot M. So that's uh, www.ci dot Roseville dot MN dot US, actually. And then go to Resident uh, Resources and you'll see the page right away for Alzheimer's and Dementia. And just click on that. Um, you'll see kind of a little bit about the um, the grassroots program and the ACT program. And then there's a bunch of resources. So there's like caregiving coaching, um, caregiving support, activities for people with, with memory loss and their caregivers, respite and daycare, um, research opportunities, grief support, safety tips, um, and some other things. And those are all just kind of stagnant. Um, so... You know, it might be it might be a sample to be able to show your city um, what another city is doing, and they might they might want to add on to the the Purple Cities initiative, which would be really really cool to do. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots of lots of fun stuff. Lots of fun stuff. Um, Kathy, in in the future, do you see your group? doing any more educational things or do you see um kind of the community coming together to do that or what are your what are your thoughts there we consider this to be an ongoing challenge um it it's it's we're never going to be finished we're going to be spreading awareness and and educating new people all the time um we do expect more and more people in the community to join forces and to help out and with anything else the more people who know and understand what we're dealing with, the more likely it is that they'll go out and spread the word too. That it's just it's it's going to snowball. It has to. Mm-hmm. Um, every day, with more and more people being diagnosed, more and more people who are not diagnosed, um, we're going to come across people who are having issues out in public. And if if there's one person in the crowd who understands that it's a dementia issue and not an anger issue and not um and not a criminal issue then things can be totally different in the outcome i think it was norm who told the story of a, a woman who had been shopping and suddenly became very confused and a young man who was only 17 years old had just done that poster training that norm does and interceded and took the woman to the side and sat down and offered her a cup of tea and in the process was able to find out who her family was and get the family to come and pick her up. So a situation that could have been called the police, this woman is becoming violent, became resolved in the best possible way and by a very young person who simply had a little bit of education. Mm-hmm. And that's our major goal, that little bit of education, that one person who can intercede and make a terribly frightening situation workable. Yeah. Well, and that's, um, you know, how empowering, too, for for, for that young man um, mm-hmm. to have been able to put that in place. I mean, it, it it's always nice to be able to make someone feel comfortable and kind of remove remove a fear, you know, um, and that's just such a huge thing that you know it's sad to say, but as a as a society, we we don't really value in terms of you know we really don't talk about it, um, we really don't put any weight on it. But you know, it's it's one of the biggest gifts we can give um, mm-hmm. 
to anybody is that sense of comfort and and safety. Yes. It's just it's it's absolutely huge. Um, with that, I know there's been talk, and I'd just like to get your opinion on this. Um, some people, and I've, I've seen this on the internet uh, on a few different occasions, but p- some people are saying, you know, well, people with dementia should have a sign on their door, so if you know somebody, you know, comes, they know what they're dealing with. But there's also the big safety issue regarding mm-hmm. that. Um, what are what are your thoughts about having that um, announced? So, like a, a a little sticker on somebody's door, so if somebody came up to it, they would know somebody in the home lived with dementia. Well, unfortunately, I kind of wonder about the the poor side of society who would take advantage of a person with dementia, and that would just point them out. Um, yep. I'm, I'm more concerned of safety issues for that person once it's, it's like a public sign. So mm-hmm. I kind of don't think that's the best way to go. The education portion that we do and and that Alzheimer's Association and Alzheimer's Tennessee and and all of those organizations do is to recognize it without having to have a sign on you. Um, Mm -hmm. You you can see it once you know what to look for. You can see a person with dementia is dealing with things differently to a normal response. And so I think the better way is to get more people to understand what they're seeing and to be mm-hmm. able to intercede when possible than to have a, a, a sign or a pin or something. I know that um, there's those little business cards you can give out. I'm, I have I have some problems with dementia. Please be patient. And those, I think, are fine when you go into a restaurant or whatever. But putting a sign on somebody's door, I, can, I think that might be dangerous. Yep. I, I tend to agree with you on that. I just... Um in the day and age that we live, you know, if it's if it's in the house, you know, for emergency personnel, mm-hmm. or maybe it's in one of those uh, vial of life or file of life that that emergencies mm-hmm. know where to look. The other thing um, that I I didn't realize until oh gosh, probably a year or two ago, in terms of talking with the city of Roseville, is that you can call actually nine one one and register your your home if you have somebody living with dementia. Um, so that if they get a call to your house, that will come up and they will know that there's a person with dementia living in the home. Um, there can be specific notes in terms of, you know, um, who to contact um, if there's a problem or if there's specific behaviors and different ways to deal with them. They can put all that stuff in their 911 um, database. And, you know, it costs no money. Most people are afraid to call 911, but they they said, you know, you call 911 and they'll direct it if it's emergency or non-emergency from there. So they mm-hmm. said, go ahead and, and call that. That was like, wow, that's a that's great to know. I didn't know that. That's um, huge. It, yeah. You know, the, the other thing that I think um, can be helpful, too, are just the, the wristbands. Um, and, and mm-hmm. again... But not just for the person with dementia. I think the care partner needs to wear one, too, um, that can mm-hmm. have, uh, they have the ones with the UBS information in them um, that can even list medications. Um, you don't want to put in Social Security numbers and things like that or banking information. Um, but you can put contact information in so that mm-hmm. if they're, if somebody was lost or um, or let's say somebody got in a car accident and needed to get home to somebody with dementia, they were just leaving for a short time, uh, then they would be alerted that there's somebody at home that needs to be cared for. And um, right. a, lot of, a lot of times we always look at it about, well, we just have to deal with the person with dementia. But, you know, you're really a team. And, and I think Absolutely. that's something that, that needs to change, too, in terms of how we how we look at things um, and even it even it more out um, because we both have impact on one another. We all have impact on one another, but um, you know, trying to do it in a in a respectful fashion is is so critical too. Um, anything? Any other stories that maybe you want to share with us about? Um, you know, what you've seen um, in your community, how the, the Purple Cities Initiative could help. Um, you know, you had mentioned the, the woman who had locked herself in the car. Um, have mm-hmm. you run into to other situations that you've seen where, where this could this information could help? 
Oh, absolutely. We had a gentleman, one of the members of the task force, and one of his main reasons for being involved was that his grandfather had gone to the grocery store and to purchase a loaf of bread and walked out of the store with a loaf of bread, never stopping at the checkout, simply because he forgot that part. It wasn't that he was stealing the bread. The man had never stolen anything in his entire life. And the police were called because they thought they had a shoplifter. Mm -hmm. And had the people working in that store been informed about dementia and what it entails and how people are who have dementia, they would have realized that, no, just simply... That was just simply an oversight. It was really just dementia in action and not a criminal act. And it's things like that that have caused our task force to want to alert people working in stores and in restaurants that certain behaviors could happen, but they're not, you shouldn't interpret them the way you would if it was a normal person, if it was a person who who was, you can, you can just... You can tell if you know what to look for that the person is confused or forgetful Mm -hmm. or lost. One of the things that frightens me is the number of times you see on the news that somebody has wandered off and and the family is, is beside themselves and they want people to help find them. And how many times do we possibly walk past somebody on the street who's lost and looking lost and we don't do anything because we don't want to intrude and and I'm mm-hmm. kind of like we have to get over that. We have to we have to start to assess situations differently. If somebody looks really lost, it doesn't hurt anybody for you to walk up and say, "Hey, how are you doing? Um, my name's Kathy. Is there are, is there anything I can help you with?" Or or some kind of an approach where we feel like no, you you don't approach people on the street. You don't approach people in the store. If you're standing online in the grocery store and somebody is taking forever to get the money out of their wallet, we're likely to stand behind them and criticize them and carry on about how annoying it is when in actuality all you really have to do is lean forward and say, take out that one, mm-hmm. and that moment is over. Yep. And, and those little things are the things that... I want the public to be looking for that. I want people to feel, yes, I can help. I can just step up and help a little. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and it's it's you know so important, especially with the the world that we live in. You know, it was World Elder Abuse uh, Awareness yesterday, mm-hmm. and there are so many people that you know are afraid to help. But it, you know, and there are those people who are not afraid to take advantage of either. And so we really have to be right. aware that, you know, we don't walk away um, to let them become more vulnerable to somebody else. And sometimes we don't think that far ahead. Um, but like you said, you can a lot of times tell just by the look in the eye, you know, if there's mm-hmm. confusion or fear. And um, we we just need to read our nonverbals so much better than, than what we yeah. have in the in the past there. Um, I wanted to mention, too, on alzheimerspeaks.com, you know, we have a resource directory, and there we, um, you know, that's all free. People can sign up to be part of that. But under the caring support services, um, the subcategories, there are one for just being dementia aware, which is um, the reading norms poster, and that can be, uh, you know, an individual um, or a business. And then there's uh, a category for dementia-friendly communities, which definitely the Purple Cities Alliance would fall under. And then there's one for dementia-friendly businesses. So if it's just a business is interested, but maybe the the whole community hasn't gotten behind it, um, they could register their business um as that as well. So again, that's free. You just go to alzheimerspeaks.com and um, you know click on the resource directory. Um, we don't have many in there. And one of the problems that I've found with the um, resource directory is, you know, I'm kind of a one-man show here, so I can't put everybody in. And so much of this movement is grassroots. People don't really have the time mm-hmm. either. But um, so I'm just encouraging people if you are part of this movement, you know, to, to take the time to register and um, go ahead and, and input um, your information in. You'll just have to become a member first, which, you know, doesn't take long uh, to register yourself, and then you can go in. You can also share different types of resources there, too. So if you've read a book or seen a, a film or a video or there's a link to a company, 
um, or you've got this, there's all kinds of services there, you can go ahead and share that too. Um, you know, this isn't about ownership. This is about knowledge base no. and, and sharing Absolutely. resources. And, um, you know, so, but again, well, it's just... It, mm-hmm. And one point I'd, I'd like to make is we may be demand, we may be the Purple Cities Alliance, and it sounds like it has to be a big city, but I am a firm believer in the power of one. One person in any town can get things started. One person who believes in it enough to take it to other people and to start making that change, that's all it takes. It just takes one person, and that one person is welcome to come to Purple Cities Alliance page or contact any of us, and we will help you with anything you need. But I believe in the power of one. It's always one person, and then there's more. Yep, yep. And, if it, you know, what I have found just through my work is, is people um, – uh, they've referred to me, and I'm sure they've referred to you as this too, as kind of that spark that gets it started, you know, mm-hmm. because you, you come in with this passion. This and, and and when someone's passionate about something, you know, it's authentic and it's it's powerful, and it it because it gives people hope. And we live in a society that still pushes uh, pushes initiatives by fear, and I and I really think people are getting tired of that, and they're getting worn out. Mm-hmm. And so when hope comes out. Um, people just get so excited and they want to be part. And then the beauty of this whole process is the simplicity. You know, it's yes. not overly complicated. You don't have to move a mountain, you know, to get this done. I mean, it's just very, very simple. And um, it doesn't have to be time-consuming. And to me, that's the key. You know, that truly yes. is is the key um to to making things simple one of the um one of the videos i have to get posted i interviewed a few people from our memory cafes and um we used i used part of this video in um our kickoff for the act program but you know one of the um care partners was talking about his wife and he was explaining how he needs community bathrooms and you know how he was in Macy's and his wife got locked in, and you know it was just a it, mm. was, it was horrible for her. It was horrible for him, you know. And and people, I, we got more reaction from that comment going, "I had no idea. I just had no idea," because we're not paying mm-hmm. attention, and we're not allowing people to talk about these things either. You know, we're not, Absolutely. you know. And, and you know, that can be used for not just a person with dementia, but, you know, for small children, for, I mean, multiple situations mm-hmm. that occur. Um, and, you know, we just have to start paying attention more and then and, and feeling comfortable to share that information because uh, it's it's amazing once you have those conversations, the, the buy-in. And people go, you too? Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and then you're then you're off and running. You know, you the 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 uh track door is opened and uh and it's a go and you know, it might sound like, you know, uh, you know, a year was a long time to get this up and running, but it it goes really fast. It went very um, fast. And for an initiative like this, really it's extremely fast. I mean, you look at NAPA, our National Alzheimer's Plan Act, you know, and and what have they really done to change awareness? What have they really done um, on a community level? Most people will say not much, and who are they? And they've been around for years, mm-hmm. you know. And so <clears throat> it's um, it takes us all, you know, to get things pushed forward and and get moving. And I, I'm just I'm so excited about your your initiative. Um, I, I think it's great, and I appreciate so much that. You know your resources are are free, and um, you know they look really classy, and they'll be easy for people to utilize, and uh, just a wonderful, wonderful resource. So I'm looking forward also to the June 21st article in People Magazine about all the grassroots efforts too. And um, it's Parade see, Magazine. Or, or, or what did I say? People Parade? Huh? You said yeah. people, which is bigger. <laughs> oh, too funny, too funny. Yeah, Parade Magazine. Thank you, thank Parade. you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you got to catch me. Double check. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So that'll be good, um, you know, because this month is Alzheimer's and uh, Brain Awareness Month as well. It seems yes. like every month is, is something out there. Everybody keeps tagline and something for for each initiative <laughs> on that. So um, now to contact you, um, people can uh, email you at contact us at purplecities.org. Mm-hmm. Again, that's contact yes. us at purplecities.org. Um, or they can just go to the purplecities.org webpage, and there's a contact uh, um, route there, too. And then you also have a phone number. Is that okay to give out? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That is, I have a 865-219-6968. Again, that's 865-219-6968. Um, any any last tips you want to give people before we before we sign off here? No, just thank you for for everything you do. You do an amazing job, and just keep talking, people. We just need to keep talking. Yep, that's for sure. Well, thank you again so much for joining us. We've been uh, talking with Kathy Brogy, who is heading up the Purple Cities Initiative. And uh, you have to check out their website, purplecities.org. Uh, maybe you can get something going in your in your own state, in your own town. Would be wonderful. We would uh, we would appreciate you uh, coming aboard and um, trying to get the U.S. to be dementia friendly. Uh, the uh, some of the other countries are way ahead of us, and we don't like to admit that, but it's true. <laughs> so we we need to we need we need to be stepping it up here in the U.S. Um, so, again, thank you so much, Kathy, and please keep me posted on how things are going. We'd love to have you back on. Okay? Thank you. Thanks. Bye now. Um, before before I sign off, I am just going to um, share with you, uh, if you haven't listened to the last radio show, that was the ABCs of Dementia Awareness, Care, and Support uh, we had a woman on who um, provides professional development training for staff um, regarding quality art programs for people dealing with uh, different types of dementia and then also for their their care partners. Um, and then we had uh, two authors who wrote a book called Singing in the Rain, Weathering the Storm of Dementia with Humor, Love, and Patience. And uh, these two women were brought together through their husband's dementia journey. It was really um, very exciting. The book is lovely and um, shares some of their, their emails and their correspondence back and forth on how they supported one another uh, through their journeys. The next uh, radio show is going to be on dementia um, farms or care farms, and I'm really excited about that. Again, something in the European countries that uh, are just starting here, and so I will be very excited to hear about those. And we had our last dementia chats on the 9th, where we briefly talked about dementia farms, just heard a little bit about the concept. And um, the majority of our time, we really spoke about um, the effects of changing terminology and its importance and the impact it has on not only the person diagnosed, but the public at large. There were some options discussed on how not to um, add additional stress to those living with dementia and sometimes how our medical professionals and government agencies um, might want to look at things a little bit different. Again, especially with changing terminologies, we've had a lot of people lately where they are being re-diagnosed from having, for example, Alzheimer's to now mild cognitive impairment, and it's, it's adding a lot of stress um, and discomfort. Uh, to those uh, being re-diagnosed, and um, you know, it's just it's it, we're kind of wondering why uh, the conversation went into you know why is this change in di- diagnostic um, coming? Is it to save money from insurance? Um, is is has someone improved? Which they all say they haven't. Their symptoms are the same. Um, so very very interesting conversation. And again, with the dementia chats, those are all recorded webinars, and you can watch those um, anytime. Our next Dementia Chats will be on the 23rd. For the blog, there were um, 
a few postings. One just highlighted um, five really um, great books on dementia. One is called My Mom, My Hero. Another one is Blue Hydrangeas, uh, The Alzheimer's Daughters, uh, Still Time, and Somebody Stole My Iron. Um, were all great books that you might want to look into. There was also on the 11th um, an article about a resident in late-stage dementia exercising at a fitness center. And you may be wondering, how could somebody in a late stage do that? Um, but that's a case study by Elon Caspi. Um, and then on the 10th, there's an article about Alzheimer's uh, has no cure yet ways to help and kind of talks about clinical trials and the author of that also has uh was a doctor who has um, published several books on dementia as well so again i want to thank everybody for their time today we'll do a shout out to again the alzheimer's team and if you're interested in doing a clinical trial uh that might you know, help uh, families battle uh, against this disease. We really need the information and um, help with global research, and it doesn't cost anything. You can go to the Alzheimer's team on Facebook, or you can just go to uh, alzheimerspeaks.com on our homepage, and there is a uh, survey that you can take to see if you or your loved one might qualify for that. Again, want to give a shout-out to Pieces of the Past. That's the portrait puzzle where you can make customized puzzles. The Purple Angel program, which we've been talking about today with Norms McNamara and uh, Jane Moore, doing wonderful, wonderful things. If you are in need of an Alzheimer's Association or resource anywhere in the world, check out Alzheimer's Disease International. And don't forget about the Alzheimer's Research and Prevention Foundation, the Lewy Body Dementia Association, and the Association of Frontal Temporal Degeneration, um, also known as FTD, and the National Aphasia Association, which has to do with speech. Um, and again, I'm going to do one last call out for that survey for the Dementia Action Alliance. Again, you can go to alzheimerspeaks.com, go to our homepage, and just scroll down a hair and you will see the survey right before you. You can hop on that. Uh, there's a survey. One is for people with dementia and the other one is for their care partners. And we would love both of those uh completed that survey is going to close on the 26th of this month and then don't forget to look for that um, parade article on june uh, 21st that'll be really interesting about grassroots efforts in dementia again i want to thank you all and we will talk next week have a brilliant week bye now Hi, I'm Lori LeBay, and I wanted to tell you about Alzheimer's Speaks, which is another great podcast. You see, my own mother lived with dementia for 30 years, and I felt lost. Did you know every three seconds someone in the world is being diagnosed with dementia? Odds are it's going to hit your families, too. We want to help you connect to services, products, tools, research, and stories so you can be prepared. Please subscribe to Alzheimer's Speaks on your favorite podcast platform.